follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. We are glad you could join us. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? I'm still alive. I still alive? Uh, yeah, I'm I have sitting it. on a throne of toilet paper that I'm hoarding right now. <laughs> I'm all about the hoarding right now. <laughs> it's kind of like that Scrubs episode where Tara Reed, Kate, and they're like, whatever you come over, bring toilet paper. And she's just sitting on like a throne of it. And they're like, how long were you planning to stay? So, all right. Well, we're still alive. This is a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. We want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll go ahead and get our shout outs out of the way. The first one will be our affiliate Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast. No spaces save 10% off your order. And Matt, other shout out. Uh, that would be to Epico Cologne. As far as I know, Epico Cologne does not have any sort of um, strange Chinese flu virus. Uh, I think actually he's too manly for to contract that. And if, if he actually <laughs> did contract it, he would just brush it off. I do. I do hear he is accepting toilet paper as as his booking fee now, though. Yes, you can never have too much. In fact, you got to hoard as much as possible. As much as possible. You know, it's funny. I was actually at Costco this weekend, uh-huh. and uh, they people were buying like tons of like toilet paper and and bottled water, and to the point where the Costco is limiting people. Like, you can only buy like two two packets of <laughs> of these products. Yeah. The, um, my, uh, my brother-in-law, since my wife and I have the, um, Costco membership asked if, uh, we would, one of us would take him cause he has a, he has an, uh, a brand new infant. And so he's trying to stock up on stuff. So yes, to not have to take her out and, um, expose her to anything. And they had a sign up at this Costco that said, no. We don't have any toilet paper. We don't know when we're getting more. You all need to calm down. I I had some with my Walmart order, and I would have gone in and got a second one just in case since people are, you know, doing a run on it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But I, also, I actually bought some earlier today. I went into Aldi and bought some toilet paper and some breakfast bars. <laughs> so... There, that's uh, it worked for me. You know, I don't, I don't. That's not something I stock up on. Like, if they have it on sale somewhere, I might buy like a second one. But I really don't um, care. Not, 
not typically. You know, in the South, whenever it snows, they get milk and bread. Um, oh no, they do that here. I live in okay. I live in Ohio, and people do that here for any kind of so they, snowfall. And it's like you've lived here for ten years. You know, you know what it's like. Like I, it, yeah. Like when it snowed two feet here, they had the streets drivable within thirty six hours. So that's like a, a guys, French. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, sorry, I'm go ahead. You, were, you were talking. Go ahead. I was going to say it's like a French toast uh, kit for when it snows. So I guess for coronavirus, there's a toilet water kit that they're putting together because that's the only thing I can figure you're going to do when you put those things together. It's like Fallout. Money is going to not be Nuka Cola caps. It's going to be toilet paper <laughs> rolls. Toilet paper. <laughs> well, Brad, don't. You live in a place that gets like a decent amount of snow, right? Actually, comparatively to the surrounding areas, we're in this weird valley where we only get like half of um, what the areas around. Like most of the areas around us get four feet of snow, and Columbus only gets like two feet per year. Okay, well that's Gosh. that's uh, that's well, see that's decent. DC, yeah, used but to I mean, get... but but here that means like three inches here, three inches there. Like you might have like three bad drives a year, and like this year. I didn't even have a single like bad drive in <clears throat> DC used to be like that, but um, I actually think it probably is like global warming or something like that. Climate change, whatever. Cause we have not had as much snow. Um, but that's kind of a good thing because whenever it does snow in the, in, here in DC, it, no, they can't handle it. Like it, the whole city will like shut down. Really? I thought you guys would get like really bad snowfalls though. Back in the day, like uh, growing up, we've had bad ones, but they just, they don't seem to be able to manage it. Um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. See here, here you might the drive-in might be bad, but mm -hmm. by the time you leave work, the streets will be clear. And even then, if it starts snowing early enough, other than like the first one of the year, the roads will probably be okay when you go in. Mm. Oh, I was gonna say, I feel like the the whole bread, milk, toilet paper is like the standard thing because that that happens here. Like I local news stations love doing the whole little like human interest story or comical story because every time there's like a, any sort of predicted snowfall that's i'm gonna say at least potentially like six inches more than just like you know a couple inches they'll send you know they'll send it here it's like um <clears throat> I think it's like a dude named pat collins he's he's like this older <laughs> guy um they'd send him out they'd send someone out to like the, the, the supermarket and see like the the shelves empty yeah, the products like people expecting a big snowstorm. It's like it's got to look. It, it's not like the Donner Party where there's like a horrible blizzard. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to start gnawing people, gnawing my, people's arms off here. My I, favorite is you guys had like a big snowstorm about five years ago or so, and like Alexander Ovechkin was just like wandering the street, like plowing people's driveways and like getting people food and stuff in the interview he's like oh yeah it's like this in russia all the time like i'm just having fun with it you know no teeth because he's a hockey player half yeah. drunk because he's <laughs> from russia yeah there ought to be a joke there and i don't have it when they did they used to do like for the all-star game they did a fantasy draft for a couple years and he was the last pick the areas in columbus and, you know, they're back there with these, like, red solo cups that they said was water. And he gets up to go out there, and he's, like, stumbling through all these chairs and stuff because he's just been back there, like, drinking for, you know, an hour and a half. Well, Probably three hours. 
That'll I don't do know. Like pre gaming. I don't know if he still does this, but there is a there is like a bar slash restaurant here in DC. It's in like the Dupont Circle area of DC called the Russia House, and uh, it is like legit where Russian folks that live in the area will go hang out. Um, and he allegedly like would frequent that a lot and last well a few years back. I don't know if he still does. And it's legit. You, you see, you go in there sometimes, and you'll see people that look just hard. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you're like a Russian gangster, but I can believe that you are. So I'm not really going to converse with you. Right? Yeah. It, it's funny you say that. I'm sitting here wearing a velour tracksuit to record tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me think of um, Zap Brand again. Uh, I got nothing for you. Okay, all right. So we are, uh, if y'all may not have cottoned on, we're going to be doing a State of Right Now episode tonight. Um, Current events, what's been going on, stuff like that. And uh, so the first thing we're actually going to start with is uh, Matt had uh, had an event that, uh, you know what, that uh, we wanted him to share with us about. So Matt, what, uh, what was this? Yeah, I did. Um, I actually went to a local wrestling show. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but there is a there's now a local wrestling company that has done almost a year of full time events here in the district. Um, this, it kind this is like the company that replaced Nova, right? Yeah. So Nova Pro Wrestling was a a company that was based out in Virginia. I didn't really. I only went to one of their shows because honestly, I wasn't even aware that it existed. Um, there they were was a, like hot for like five minutes before they closed. Yeah, well, they and they are they are actually going to do a show for Mania um, at Mania Weekend last year, and <laughs> the company literally imploded because, as it turned out, the owner wasn't. He was basically stiffing workers. Um, mm. and there was even controversy, I think, where he had basically taken money from his wife, and she didn't know about it to to put together one of the shows so it, it was bad you know what's um, funny the kind of the double standard that that totally sunk that promotion but evolves not paying people and that doesn't seem to have affected them whatsoever i mean no one still gives a crap about evolve but it's kind of funny that you know that sank one company but you know hey evolve can keep like stiffing their their lower card guys and i know i keep bringing up the evolve thing but it just annoys me that they do that is is evolve like paying people in exposure or something? Is that that's what they're alleg- trying to get away with? That's allegedly what Gabe is doing. Oh yeah. my god! He's not. He isn't paying people because um, Darby Allen and Effie have both said that he, he wasn't paying them. Yeah, he, he's got a little scam going that you know he won't pay like at least lower card people. Yeah. And the the argument is like, well, you know, I have this working relationship with WWE, so you know, you work free on my show, and you're gonna get a lot of exposure. Yeah. A lot of people are gonna be looking and, at you. And like but the five I, you know what I can't do with exposure. Gonna say, you know what I can't do with with exposure? Pay my rent. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not really the biggest fan of David Starr, um, but he has criticized them uh, for that, and he's he's he has a lot of points about that i mean that's just in like 2019 there's so many indie shows out there it's like you gotta pay you gotta pay people come on didn't I mean, david Starr just get blackballed recently 
Yeah, he got. There's a whole. I actually read a whole article about that like yesterday. Um, he's the problem with David Starr is he's an ass, and like he tends to. <laughs> la- no, like literally, like when he when he doesn't get his way, like he lashes out in these weird ways that's damaging to other workers and other companies. Mm-hmm. That like that's really why he gets blackballed because he. I don't know like what his problem is, but like he really like he can't just he can't just react poorly to something it's like he has to take everyone down with him he i feel he kind of has like the whole austin aries syndrome where he's he's a little too arrogant a little too full of himself and a little the 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 interpersonal skills and dealing with other people sometimes aren't there i feel with david I, i i don't know i feel half the time i don't know if he's just being like performative he there's they, some of there's some of the gimmick in there, but like he, I'm not even talking about like there. The, my problem with him is like he comes off like a phony for starters. Like, well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I don't know half the time when he's like outraged about something if he's really actually outraged and trying to make some sort of bigger point, or he he like personally like didn't come out on the the better side of some sort of business, so he's making a big stink about it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know how much of it is like actual genuine and how much of it is just him being like essentially burning bridges in a weird way. I don't know. Like that stuff he, with Jay Lethal and Ring of Honor last year, like he looked really bad for that one. I thought because mm, mm. he kind of like he was kind of like fucking over Jay Lethal, and it's just like, dude, like if you have a problem with Ring of Honor, like put him on blast. But it's the same thing like ACH did. It's like leave other workers out of it. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. Don't don't drag other people into your mud. Because you know, at least at least like Loki, it just hurts himself and no one else. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I'm gonna need a source for that one right there. I'll be honest. <laughs> I with mean, Loki you. just Loki just Loki just nopes out. Like he doesn't really like he doesn't really cause a stink or put anyone on blast. Like Loki's just like, nope, I'm done. Okay. When you said injured, I'm sitting here thinking about. Uh, I'm talking the fact about stiff the shit out of people. Yeah, no, it, I'm t- I'm talking about like possibly like costing someone a payday, like trying to drag oh, them okay. down with you. Like the thing yeah. with the thing with low key versus like some other guys is if you if you're willing to accept that low key is gonna burn you in six months and that you're gonna get like two programs out of him, like you can do pretty well with him for that brief period of time. You just gotta know, you just gotta know what's coming. And see, I'll yeah. be honest. I'm not. I wasn't going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I needed you to explain that yeah. for me. In a weird way, like I know, like the Indies now are kind of like their own weird, like neo territories system. But Loki yeah. is a guy who would have benefited, like back in like the 70s, 80s, like the territories, because mm. he could have just done. He could have done like a six month stint at a company, and then when he like wore out his welcome, just moved on. Yeah. And then cycled back like a couple of years later, and it would have been fine. He's, but he, he kind he of uh, Bruiser Brody kind of thing without quite yeah. the same flavor. Well, Brody liked to double book himself like Sabu, I believe. <laughs> I said not quite the same flavor, but sorry, I cut you guys off. I think though he's like one of those guys like that got hot. Um, going back to David Starr. Like, there's those guys on the indies that get hot. And then they either kind of go on to bigger and better things or they kind of stagnate. And it feels like he 
never really built a ton off of that other than like being a stable like indie presence and sometimes i wonder if he's bitter about that and that's kind of like why some of this stuff happens mm. with him but i don't know but anyway back to the main point evolve doesn't like paying people and yeah. i agree with you guys like in 2019 like you can't toss a guy 20 bucks or say hey what's gas gonna cost you so you can at least like well, like, it, if if you're flying somebody in from another state, or if someone's coming from two states over, you need to pay them. Yeah, you know, well, the, I'm. The, oh yeah, the, the only is, way you could, the only way you could theoretically get away with something stupid like that is if stupid. the only people you're going to be using in that capacity is guys who are literally like homegrown. Well, not homegrown, but like who are in the area, like local guys. Yeah, like if I, I was say, if I was I part of this like DC, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great I, that's a great point. Yeah, if, if they're if the students are going to work your show for free in exchange for you training them, okay, you've got an exchange going there. Yeah, and I get that, but you know, like what Darby we had to come down from Seattle to California to work Evolve. Is that right? He was like sleeping in his car. Yeah. So why? Who in the hell are you not to pay somebody? Right. That's 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 dirtbag behavior right there. Well, I just but see, like to me, like if I was in that position and I I heard like Darby Allen even like even in passing say he was sleeping in his car tonight. It's like no, like here's here's a hundred bucks. Go get go like get yourself a hotel room and breakfast. Like out of my own pocket, and and where where for Evolve it's really screwed up is they use NXT talent, and I know WWE is not paying them crap either, and they're footing the bill for them. But that's really bad optics when you have WWE affiliated talent on your card, and you're not paying people. Yeah, you were right. I mean NXT is like. They're they're getting the bus to move people around so you don't have to drive yourself and rent a car and they take care of the accommodations and that's nice and everything. So basically they're not losing out money um, for for their you know, for their logistics, even if they're not uh, you know, even if they're not they're not making a whole lot, but they'd be losing a lot of that to the logistics stuff anyway. But what the, the hell are you doing You're gonna be affiliated with WWE and still not pay people? Uh, Gabe's a Gabe is I I really have a lot of contempt for Gabe, and I have for a long time. So we'll just leave that for a different conversation. Uh, see, my only experience with Gabe, or my only knowledge of Gabe, really was back when he was running Ring of Honor, and it seemed to be doing really well. And then he just vanished off my radar. And, and Ring of Honor never actually did well. <laughs> so it seemed to be doing well. It had good optics. He the problem with Gabe is Gabe's a mark. So, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of where some of the problems with him come from. Well, he's a bad businessman. Mhm. Tell you what, we'll dig into Gabe another time. We've got we've got Matt's show to talk about. Yeah. Let's let's get back over to that. So, Matt, what what's the big thing you want to tell us about this show? What's the thing that's like the most exciting for you? So, this um, well, I'm just excited that the company is actually doing well. This was another essentially another sold out show. Now uh-huh. they uh, they uh they run outside of one show I think 
primarily they're running it out of um, the DC Brow Brewing Company, which is not a large building. And in fact, that it's a legitimate brewery. Like they basically use warehouse space <laughs> from the brewery. Um, and that's, they set up the ring and, and they have a, like a limited number of seats. It's not, I had a gauge. It's probably not a lot of people. Like you're talking like 250 to 300 people like at capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been selling it out. Like, in fact, my tickets were standing room only. So I had to basically stand the entire like three, three Oof. and a half hours of the show. Um, that got a little tiresome at the, <laughs> at the end. Yeah, a bit. Um, but it's just, it's a fun company. Um, they've been trying to bring in some, uh, I guess, bigger name stars. Uh-huh. Um, but they still showcase a lot of homegrown or local DC talent. Um, this show is called Butch versus Gore. Uh, it was I, this company. Um, how do I phrase this? DC has a very uh, kind of vibrant uh, LGBTQ community, and mm-hmm. this company is one of the things that they're kind of styling themselves at is that they are uh, they want to have a very diverse roster, and they want to have uh, a company that's very inclusive to everyone. So they they like to showcase a lot of LGBTQ talent. And the theme of this show was kind of like showcasing that talent. Um, mm-hmm. and in fact, the uh, the main event was Effie, who Effie won. Effie, I guess, last show I wasn't able to go to that, but he won. Uh, uh, Primetime Pro Wrestling has a title called the Fifty First State Title. Uh, if you're not sure why it's called that, it's because people have been trying to make DC the Fifty First State for probably decades at this point. But he, I guess, won that title. It was created, and then uh, I guess they had like the inaugural champion for the, at the last show, and he won. He won it, so he's the he's the first fifty first state champion, and he was uh, facing Faye Jackson. Uh, if are you guys aware of Faye Jackson, we kind of talked yeah, about. Yeah, she wrestles. Before. She wrestles around here, too. Yeah, I think she. Um, I don't know. if She's from Ohio, but yeah, I think she gets around like all the way to the Midwest and even pretty, like the South. Pretty much. Anyone that's anyone comes through um, AIW. Mm. Which yeah, is she's Cleveland. probably been there. Yeah. Yeah, so they that was like the main event. It was for Effie's 51st state title. Um, Faye Jackson, it, for those who aren't aware of her, she's a very, um, she's a large, voluptuous African-American woman. Um, who, is, she... who is the hostess of the, <laughs> of what, of, of legitimately probably my second most anticipated event of Mania Weekend, which is the Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal. Yes. And it, one it, of the selling points is booze. Booms, yeah. Or booze. Uh, booze, oh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I think I think she's just I think I think what her selling point of that, which is funny, is that she's just being a total pig about it and getting hot guys to wrestle and gray sweatpants i think is what the conceit of that battle royal is if if for people who don't follow her on twitter like it's worth following her because the more like she updates it or, or talks about it it's absolutely hilarious she got um she's gotten like a lot of talent to not just be on the show but at least comment about the show uh like ricky starks from the nwa he <laughs> he had a comment he's like wait a minute what's going on people are just like gonna wrestle with their dicks hanging out and there's <laughs> what's happening he was totally confused about what's going on uh but then the best one the most hilarious one because he is an absolutely hilarious human being um someone asked big e 
Hey, you're gonna be in the are you gonna be in the sweatpants battle royal? And he just posted like a little gif that he made of himself, like holding up a, a pair of gray sweatpants, like nodding. <laughs> and <laughs> Faye Jackson just went crazy like uh, over that. It was absolutely it, hysterical, funny. And she's like quasi cyber stalking Batista, trying to get him to do it. Oh yeah, and the thing that I always laugh she whenever she like does that, it's all like people come people like need to come get these bookings and signings. Like that's the phrase that she always uses. And it's, it's just become like this big running joke. Um, but she's got a lot of charisma. Um, she's, she's fun she's to a watch. Real chari- she's a real character on social media. She, she is. Um, and that she was very, I didn't, uh, talk with her, but she was very, um, kind of appreciative of the fans. So she was uh, happy to like take photos with fans. Um, Effie was really good with the fans too. Um, He's a really like funny, charismatic guy too. Uh, they had a really funny. Uh, it, the match was largely comedy, um, but they had a really funny storyline to that match. Basically, for those who don't know, Effie is uh, homosexual, and the storyline of the match was that Faye Jackson was just so like sexual and alluring that it was making him question his sexuality but in in the opposite way because you know usually like the joke is like a a straight man questioning his sexuality to maybe he's actually a homosexual man this is the reverse it's a homosexual man being so allured by this woman this voluptuous woman he's questioning his homosexuality and there was an actual moment uh in the show they because it's in a brewery they actually have a little section off to the side that's like a, a bar i mean it's like a a bar uh what would you call like the bar area like the the actual like we were actually standing behind the bar oh i don't know what i'd call that bar table i don't know behind uh, the bar? you think I, i've been in a bars in my lifetime i would know what yeah. that's officially called yeah. blank but anyway um they start like going outside the ring and they get over there and it's Faye Jackson like twerking in front of Effie and people just start throwing dollars bills. (laughs) 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 So, um, kind of like a really a bit raunchy, but, uh, it was funny. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, that's the kind of like wacky stuff that you'll see at this company, but you'll also see like some, some good wrestling. They usually have, uh, one of Brad's favorites still life with apricot and pears. He usually uh, is on shows, uh, and he's he's on these shows. He is a total face. Um, the champion uh, for the company is this guy named O'Shea Edwards, who has not even been wrestling that long. He is a uh, kind of a very imposing person. Like it, he's believable as like a badass. And looking him up, because uh, I've seen him wrestle a little bit, he actually was trained by of all people Johnny Swinger and Robert Gibson. That's a that's, that's an interesting. That's an, that's an interesting combo, but um, he's talented. He uh, he's a uh, he's one to watch. I feel, and he is actually going. They're actually going to be doing a show Mania weekend, um, and he is actually going to be defending the title against uh, future star of wrestling and actually uh, kind of recent Impact signee Chris Bay. So I think that should be a good match. But yeah, there was a there was a lot of other matches on the show. Uh, some of these people I I am not aware of because they're they're either way too indie for me to know yet, um, or they're just people who are local. They're they're trying to give a spot uh, like a yeah 
But it's a, it was a good show. I'm really excited about um, the company. I think the success of the company has actually helped in other ways. There is actually now a second wrestling company that's kind of just starting out in the district. Um, that's more focused on African-American talent. Um, so, I mean, it's exciting for me because I look basically like a few years ago, there was absolutely no wrestling in this area except for like Maryland championship wrestling, which is like way out in Maryland. Um, mm -hmm. Or if whatever, like the WWE would come into the area. So the fact that there is uh, one company that's actually doing really well, that's kind of inspiring other companies to form. Uh, that's exciting. So we're kind of they, still, we're in this weird renaissance of, of professional wrestling, at least on like the indie level. They have this local promotion here, um, mm -hmm. but they don't advertise well at all and they don't have like a website. So like, it's really hard to mm -hmm. figure out when they're actually running shows. So I is, haven't gone uh, yet. Is Rockstar Pro running up there? Rockstar Pro runs in Dayton. So that's about like an okay. hour-ish drive for me. And okay. I don't I don't really like driving to Dayton. But, you know. Well, I mean, that's fine. It, there's a reason that I ask is um I thought about going when Naito came through, but the tickets sold out super quick. The current um Rockstar Pro amped champion is crash jackson who started out in the same company i was in um, larry d works there too yeah it doesn't surprise me um, i think i think i think you should look at the roster page because a lot of the guys you've talked about before to me work there uh well why don't i do that right now i think i think another guy i think you've talked about before might work there uh i'm pulling it up right now Rockstar Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I see Larry D's face right up there at the top. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's get that roster up. Uh, yeah, Crash Jackson. Like I said, uh, he—that's a guy who's who's like really, really gone out there and been putting in work in the miles to to try and and make his own way. Um. Let's see. Now, there's a different David Starr, I think, because when we were talking about earlier, I think he's European-based. No, I think that's the, that is is the David Starr. Is same one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Apparently, Joey Ryan it works out of there yep. sometimes. Um, there's Larry. Lord Crew. Yeah, he works in uh, PTW down this way. I've never worked with Lord Crew, but I know of him. Uh, uh, there's some names I recognize, but I don't know them personally. So, yeah, that's that's about what I've got. But uh, Sug D, if you're looking on that roster page, was is a formerly Sugar Dunkerton of Chikara fame. No kid, good God, I was in an E Fed with him. Yeah, I, I he, was um, in. PCW with him. He was rent a hero. So he God. does. He still does stuff as Sugar Dunkerton, but like Sugdi is like his more like serious character, and he does um. Oh crap! What's that? He does the. Is that freelance pro that does runs out of Chicago? I don't know. I uh, I don't know. 
So how long did the show run, Matt, out of curiosity? So let me think. It's So it doors opened it. It probably ran like three hours. Okay, that's not it, bad. Doors opened. Well, doors opened early, but uh, it started like about 7 o'clock, and then it ended like around like 10. And there was a kind of like a brief 10, 15-minute intermission in between. Oh, that's good. I hate when you go and like... <clears throat> Like, especially like Ring of Honor shows are really bad about that when they try to trap you in there for four or five hours. Yeah, no, they uh, I went to one of the show, the inaugural show. I I would love to have gone to more shows and I will go to more shows in the future. It's just that there is they they always came on times. I had like personal stuff going on, like my wife, um, my wife had, like had her baby shower like one of the days like I like, I, dude, I can't go to your wrestling show. But um, <laughs> they uh, they they like have it pretty like I think streamlined. This was a later show. They um usually they've been running like kind of earlier on like a Saturday. Like they'll run at like uh like three p.m. or something. So this Those is the a, best. I went to a Chikara yeah. show at three p.m. and I was out by like five thirty. That was the best. Mm-hmm. There's actually um to kind of go back to my point of of like wrestling kind of popping up in the district. There's actually another wrestling show that I have seen. I don't know that it's any kind of a company particular company is associated with it but there's a show that's going to be running here in may so in like a couple months and they actually are going to be getting excuse me some name talent mm. i know that uh collar and elbows own al snow is supposed to be on the show oh, oh awesome so i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get tickets to that that'd be cool yeah <laughs> take one of your shirts and see if you can Get him to pop for it. <laughs> We're affiliated with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. I'm glad that uh, glad you had a good show and enjoyed it. And some, I'm, I'm glad that there's more of it flourishing to see different flavors of wrestling getting more traction mm-hmm. as time goes by. I, that's I like that. That's uh, it's encouraging to see. I kind of. Kind of wish that that I could have been more active in this time than um, the time I was in because there just seems to be a lot more flexibility. Uh, looking but, at look, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Just can, one last thing. Looking at the poster, it looks like the other kind of name talent that they have uh, going to be who are going to be on the show. Um, Effie, who has been doing like a lot of shows here lately. Um, Tommy Dreamer. Okay. Um, Tommy likes to work. Yeah, Jordan Grace. Okay, and Warhorse. I actually, I I need to go to the show now because I actually want to see Warhorse live. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be interesting to hear. Yeah. Well, you'll yeah, we'll have to get a report from you on that one when we get around to it. Also, Matt, I saw the collective is up for pre-order on Fight TV. I'm gonna have to get that. It's 17 shows for 150 bucks. It's a little steep, but I'm like, well, it's 17 shows, though, and like by the time you order like the five or six you actually want, you might as well spend the extra money to get the other shows. Well, and hopefully they all happen. Hopefully they, like they a, don't. Yeah. Hopefully it'll shut everything down because of coronavirus. Well, I know because it's it's been kind of a topic for a couple days that people are wondering if WWE is going to cancel Mania, which I don't think they will. But I know I know that area hasn't really had any outbreaks. I think the the closest they've had is a single case about a county over mm-hmm. from that area. So I think they're probably good. 
I think that the I think a lot of those promotions are gonna suffer some some um attendance issues though. Hmm. Probably. I think it's gonna have to play out though, because I think I think I think that whole coronavirus thing is going to probably change a lot in the next two weeks. I I don't feel comfortable making predictions on it because I just been wrong and wrong and wrong. So, well, I mean, I, I it kind of hit the mainstream what about a week ago is kind of when like I started hearing people talk about it. Like I know I've been like kind of following it since when have we been talking about it off air? Like for about middle of January. Yeah, probably. Or more around New Year or so, but like I know, like at work, I just started hearing people talk about it like a week, week and a half ago. Oh, so okay. I think I think the panic could get worse. Like the public panic could get worse uh, before then, and that might force some um, some cancellations. Yeah, it might. All right. Um. So I think we can we can kind of roll this forward into uh, another. Uh, into another topic, we've been um, there's there's been a change that's come along recently that uh, someone's contract ran out, and he made a decision about what he was going to do. And I'll t- I've teased it enough. Why don't you guys fill in the blanks for us? Now, did you did you just watch the shorter clip on? Twitter shatter. Did you watch the entirety of it on YouTube? Because there's like I've more seen, like a two minute, two minute video of it. I, I saw the shorter clip and I saw clips from the longer one, where it was like uh, I think it was Matt was having flashbacks or something. But well, he's like uh, playing with his kids. Like uh, Senior Benjamin was there, kind of hit like all those those points. I don't know how he managed to sneak some clips of Orton like attacking him. Uh, I don't. No, I didn't see that. I I think I saw the short one and then a follow up. And then he's like building like kind of a cross for like a, uh, I guess like a grave. And then this car pulls up and the young bucks come out. And then he's pretty much like, ah, oh, bucks of youth, I knew you'd come. Right. And then that was the end of it. I think this is yes. up, Matt. Yes. So this was Matt Hardy's. Uh, Matt Hardy's. Uh, I guess announcement that he's he's uh, AEW affiliated now. Well, he's not AEW affiliated yet. Pretty much what Meltzer said is he's not signed, but it's just a matter of time. Right. That Which he's w- going to be. Yeah, and WWE con- it's really got to suck Go too. I was going to say for WWE it's really got to suck that like his contract runs out on like Sunday and like Tuesday he's he's releasing that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was gonna ask because since his contract ran out, like he's, it's much like the, uh, the the Moxley situation where he can just show up if he wants. He can be on there tomorrow night if he wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, there's no like uh, non compete or any anything like that. Oh yeah, I was straight up gonna compare him to Moxley on that. Well, actually, he might be affiliated now because remember AEW on like Monday released that poem where the first letter of each sentence spelled out matt hardy yeah. yeah the the dark order since they've been teasing like the exalted one uh they released a, a tweet and basically if you looked at the tweet the way it was written the first letters of each line of the the tweet sp- spelled out matt hardy yeah 
that's um i don't know it's it i'm i'm real curious to see what happens because they've already that that thing already affiliates them with the bucks kind of yeah i mean i don't i kind of i think it's all just like a like a red herring Mm -hmm. because i don't feel like if you really were going to stick them with the dark order which a lot of people expect that's going to happen um I don't know why you would basically telegraph it by by showing him like hanging out with the Bucks and things like that. Like that, it just seems like that's they're trying to swerve. Well, not really well, swerve. You know what theori- I mean? Theoretically, though, that 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 was put out by Matt Hardy, so you can consider it to not necessarily be canon either. Mm. That's hard for me to do though, since the Bucks actually did show up in the video. <sighs> yeah. Then we, got, we did get. We did get Jake on Dynamite, too. Yes! Oh, my oh, God, yeah. that promo is so good. So Jake Roberts comes out. Uh, like Cody was talking about, I, 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 I think he was talking about uh, MJF being a dirty cheater or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. he lost to MJF at that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake comes out, and the thing that got me is Jake comes out and he starts talking but then he turns to Cody and he says, no, 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 I'm not here to talk you up like other people have. I'm not here to hail Caesar or anything like that. And I was just like, oh, oh, my God, what's happening here? And he, he, he says, you know, I've got I have a client who's coming to take you apart. And, you know, he, like he's just he's just like needling Hardy or he's needling Cody through the whole thing. And then that last line, right? Don't yeah, turn your back. Go ahead, yeah. Matt. Well, you, no, you can go ahead. Don't turn your back on someone you fear or someone you respect. He turns on his heel, walks away from Cody, and flicks the mic over his shoulder into Cody's hands and gets out of the ring. It's just like, oh, my God. You know, I was thinking during that, that promo, I was like, wow, he looks better. He looks better on this like 20 years later than he did in that ECW show we reviewed last year. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Oh, there's no question. <clears throat> oh man but that's that's pretty much gonna be lance archer i'm 99.9 percent sure yeah there's kind of rumors it would either be archer or Brody lee i but was I, really looking forward to it being Brody lee i think um, it's gonna be archer because archer was supposed to be there and um they couldn't get him there for some reason mm. I think Archer probably makes more sense. Um, I not that well. Brody Lee can he can talk, but I think if you want to try and get Lance Archer over, like having Jake kind of be like his mouthpiece or his surrogate, probably would be better. I I also think you can job Lance Archer right out of the gate, and it won't hurt him. Whereas I feel like Brody Lee, you've got to kind of you got to rehab him a little bit from his WWE stint. Maybe build him a little. Um, yeah. I, well, and the other thing is, I don't feel like Brody Lee is going to need a mouthpiece as much because the dude has. He's just whenever he's coming out to the ring, he's just got a presence that's um, that's you know intimidating all on its. 
you know, the way he walks the ring and, and the way he holds himself and stuff, it's like, you don't need someone to talk for him. His body language does an awful lot on its own. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so I, I was I was unfortunately on vacation, so I did not get to see Revolution. I might order it though because it was a cheaper show, but I did get to see John Moxley versus Jericho, and I really love the way they paid off the whole eye patch angle. Mm-hmm. Which, if if you guys didn't see it, pretty much he gets Jericho with um, what's he calling that now? Paradigm, Paradigm shift. shift. Yeah. So he does that. He whips the. He whips the eye patch off and shows the crowd he can see out of it. Jericho gets up. He points at him showing, hey, I can see you, dude. Another paradigm shift, pin, title. I thought that was a great payoff to like two months of storytelling. Yeah. Um, I saw I haven't gotten to see the show, but I saw the ending there, which was which I, I loved. Like, oh, man, it's it's just. It's great to be able to watch, you know, Mox just do stuff, right? Like, he's not sitting around trying to figure out what to do that so it doesn't sound stupid. He can just, he can do things, and it's just <clears throat> flipping great. And also, just because we're talking about that match and Chris Jericho, he won the Observer Award for Most Outstanding Wrestler of the Year. Chris Jericho did. Yep. Yeah, uh, I so I don't have um I don't have an active observer subscription, but I do listen to, to some of the clips that they put up on YouTube because they'll throw like a like a yeah they'll throw like a ten fifteen minute clip. Are you but, talking about the one where Dave was talking about how this this year's awards was an indictment on WWE? Uh, some of that, yeah, but it what I uh, what I focused on more with that whole conversation was how Chris Jericho got the number one spot, and yet Dave literally was spending like two, three minutes being like, well, you know, it really should have been Will Ospreay. Like, and it, it literally was like, you, you know, you, so, 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 Will Ospreay was just, you know, fantastic this year. Like, his matches were superlative. And it's like, okay, God. Uh, like, look, we we get it, Melfs. We get it. I think that what he settled on, because I think I listened to the same clip, though, is he said the reason Jericho won and, like, Okada and Osprey didn't, though, is because no one was as important to their promotion as Jericho was to getting AEW off the ground. Agreed. Yeah. No, I don't. I have no problem with Jericho being selected. I just, again, it, it, my one of my, like, continued uh, running obsessions is Melsa's just absolute fascination in fanboy <laughs> It's fixation. Uh, yeah, with Osprey. It's just it's it's funny to me. Um Yeah. I'm not yeah. a big Osprey guy. Like he's gotten a lot better, but there's just a disconnect with me and Osprey. Like he's I don't actively hate him like I used to, but um I still don't quite get it. I, I think part of it would also go into the fact that um being wrestler of the year is more than just what you do in the ring. Like, there's there's a lot more to it than just, you know, oh, he had really good matches. Like, let's be honest for a second. A big part of being a wrestler involves how well you work with the crowd you have and that sort of stuff. And so, like, WCW Road Wild or Hog Wild, what, you know, they would have guys go out there and do these, you know, great technical matches to a crowd that could not give one hot, wet fart about that. 
and and you're not you're not playing to who's there to watch, and that's a big part of it. Is you know, can you connect with your crowd? Jericho was so good at being a slimy heel all year that you know people wanted to see him get killed, and you know he finally got his comeuppance, and everyone was thrilled. And so I I, I would say that there's there's absolute cause for um you know for for Jericho to be the the wrestler of the year instead of Osprey. And his the way he's reinvented himself outside of WWE like if he was still in WWE he would be it would still be the list and the scarfs and mm-hmm. all of that stuff whereas now like he has the whole pain master thing and you know the bubbly and he's really done a good <laughs> job of like freshening that act up this year. He's been consistently the most entertaining part of AEW, and that's saying something because there's been a lot of good that's been part of a, of AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of just go back, because what you said a minute ago, like how um, how Moxley is just probably having the time of his life right now. Like, yeah, because if you actually think about it, literally like a year ago, right now, he didn't have any sort of Mania match, and we we almost got a Moxley Nia Jax. Uh, feud where yeah. he would have he would have not gone over he would have been basically jobbed out to her so think about where he was this time last year to mm-hmm. where he is now he's you know champion of probably like the hottest north american company going right now right because they, they turned him loose and let him handle himself mm-hmm. i don't I, i'm i'm seriously for as much as uh, WWE loves to talk up the Attitude Era, I am still baffled by the fact that they forgot that that was the era where they told guys, "You know what? Just we're gonna we're gonna be more hands off. You be yourself, and we'll see what works." Yeah, but then they can't exert complete control over everything, which is uh, more about. Yeah, that's well. Oh God, we can't be making money. I was trying to think, like in the greater sense, with the Observer Awards. I was trying to think, and I, I think it might be accurate to say 2019 might be the worst year of WWE wrestling like I can remember since like the Hogan era. Uh, I would be hard pressed. The wrestling was bad. The storytelling was bad. I can't think of a worse era or a worse year from start to finish. I'd have to think about that because that, that's you're, a pretty big statement. Your contenders would be like 2002, maybe 2003, like 95, um, 96, 99. Mm. I don't that's know. Okay. I'd, 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 have, I'd have to sit down and do some pretty intense comparison before I signed off on. It, it would be top three, I think, for me. I understand that. I just I don't I don't know that I'm at a place where I'd be on the buy-in for that just and, yet. And '99 really just is guilty of aging poorly because at the time people liked it. Yeah, it can be a product of its time and still not like you know the even if it doesn't age well, I don't I don't think it was bad if it it's a product of its time. Yeah, no, I agree with that. What do you think, Matt? You got quiet over there. Uh, 
I agree. Like it is probably a product of its time. Although I, I definitely agree that right now, <sighs> creatively, it's it's just it's just terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, it's bad. One of the things I wanted to to mention, if we're talking about right now, is we literally have seen just the complete burial of Ricochet. Yeah. Oh, God. I want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. To, the, to the point where guys like Meltzer are basically like agitating, like, please just leave the company, which obviously he can. His, his contract is I don't know how long, but we're talking about a guy who basically got squashed by, by Brock. Riddick Moss. Well, he got squashed before that. He got squashed by Brock. Um, Which should not have happened. Yeah, in, in in a match where... Did he even get any offense on, in? No. I don't yeah. think so. And then four four days later, he gets jobbed out to Riddick Moss, who is like the latest, I guess, meathead project that Vince likes. But is... So what? He, he, he lost... He lost the 24-7 title. That it, that title was briefly relevant when they were having R-Truth and Drake Maverick do some fun stuff with it. And then it's just nothing. That's because they, they couldn't <clears throat> let them have freedom with it because it was too good. They couldn't leave well enough alone. Oh, people like this. We have to get our hands all over it and fix it. Uh, I think, Matt, it was a few weeks ago, you mentioned, like, watching, uh, you you and your wife, like, happened to see a revival of the dirt sheet, and it was the, oh, you know, this was really popular when it was on the air, let us tell you how to do that thing that you made popular all those years ago. Like, back the hell up, and, and let, you know, let people do their thing. But we can't have that either. Well, I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna do stuff with like dog food and people in dog costumes for months on end? You could not. That would be my my uh, my proposal. Did, is just did don't. they actually ever have a dog collar match with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, or did they never? Do nope, that? they didn't do a dog collar match. Oh my god! It's right there, isn't it? You know. At it's, least that would have like explained some of. The, oh my god! I yeah. no, they never. I bet. I bet the writers didn't even know that a dog collar match was a thing. Well, no, they didn't do a dog collar match because you're supposed to bleed in a dog collar match, and God forbid there even be an ounce of color on those shows. It would have been more entertaining if they did another kennel from hell. Poor Pepper. Oh, I was going to say, it's, I dropped the Kennel from Hell reference and the room went quiet. <laughs> that's that's not my favorite boss man moment, though. My favorite boss man moment is when he was feuding with Big Show. I knew you were going to say oh, that. God, drug yeah. the casket away, dragging Big Show with it. I still laugh about that to this day. It is the greatest segment in WWE history. It was for the hilarity. It was so cartoony. It was like the Simpsons when Mr. Burns went into like cartoon supervillainy. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, because that whole feud was Boss Man messing with Big Show. Like, I remember part of the feud being the phrase, like, getting Big Show's mom to admit that Big Show's dad wasn't his dad, and laughing and shouting, "You're a big old bastard!" is part of it. <laughs> 
Oh, and God. It, it, it's Ray Trailer cackling as he screams that at the camera. Yeah, you're a big old bastard. And, you you know, he's he's practically chewing the curtains as they do this. So you know that they were like, oh, this is going to suck unless we just take it totally over the top. Which they did. Good for them. Oh God, I I love I love that funeral segment though. It's so great. <laughs> so how are you guys feeling about the Mania build? Because I know I've been kind of negative on it since the Rumble. I just don't care. Matt, why don't you go first? I basically don't care either. Um, the so they're clearly. <sighs> They they've completely changed things up. I think they should have just stuck with their guns and been like, well, you know, this mania is going to be the mania where we're trying to build new stars and the stars that they, well, they, they probably would have put the title on Roman anyway. But arguably, you could have made made this about building up the fiend, even though he's obviously been. I think they need the title the title off of him. I agree. Um, I don't. I wouldn't have put it on Goldberg, but obviously they felt a Goldberg Roman Reigns match was a, a bigger thing for people, um, and also they wanted to do. They they could have continued with their Drew McIntyre over Brock yeah. storyline, um, but I think it, it, it's clear like this is like an indictment of they just don't have faith in the modern product. But it's also like if you. If you they look don't at the, have the attention span to build anything either. That's true, but you also you it, it, it's no coincidence that every week when even when you have NXT, which NXT is by far their best product, even though it's not perfect. Even that, like they're they they consistently lose every week to AEW in every demographic except like fifty plus. And they're they're starting to lose ground in that <laughs> demo too. Yeah. So it, it basically it's like all the people that <clears throat> um, were kind of around back when wrestling was hot, like in the '90s, who remember the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Like they, of course, like they're they they're the ones that they're trying to cater to here. Like, oh, you guys, like you need to turn your eyeballs towards uh, towards this show because we're gonna we're gonna have Goldberg on it. But that's that's such an indictment. Like you don't have faith in your your current stars. I mean, with good reason they don't because they've they've made absolutely everyone unimportant. Yeah, like they listen. There, there is a. They're trying to build AJ Styles versus Undertaker and make that a big match when you've already had Undertaker go out there and basically pin him in like three minutes. Yeah, or less. Yeah. Like it, it. So it's like why? It's just it, it's incomprehensible. Like the booking that they do. You didn't have to have him pin. He could have just like came out there and just like choke slammed AJ and that's it. He well, then yeah. he walks out again. Then you don't have to have a match. You could just be like, AJ be like, oh, you're going to come out there and do that to me. Well, I'm, you know, I'll take you down at Mania. And then Taker's like, no, nah, I don't think you will. But the fact that they just went ahead and had Taker pin him, it's like, well, what, what's the point? Exactly. Why, why, so why should I care about a match where you're going to have two guys? You already established that one guy can beat the other guy in like two, three minutes. Yeah. Okay. And- you're forgetting you're forgetting the best feud build that they've done for this year's mania, which is John Cena being like, Oh, I'm not gonna wrestle at this year's WrestleMania 
And the fiend literally points at the WrestleMania sign, and Cena's like, "Okay, I'm back in." And that's the whole basis of their feud. Oh, that's right. I forgot the other match they're doing is John Cena and the Fiend. Yeah. Well, that is a match that I am going to, I am going to contend. I'm going to put down right now that that Cena will put uh, the Fiend over because, like, Cena insisted on winning the title so that he could drop it to Bray for Bray's lead into Mania you know, a few years ago, because it was, he was like, no, 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 I, I, this guy did all this for me. I need to pay him back. And I'm just like, okay, see, Cena understands what, you know, you, you've got to be building people up, except they did all of that just to feed him to Orton, which was stupid. Oh God, that, that, what was that called when they went to his house? Uh, the house of horrors match. Yeah, it was that bad, but I, I'm 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 firmly convinced that Cena's like no 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 I'm gonna do this with him because you know he needs like I, I need to to say thank you that for all the times this guy put me over. It, it, it damn well better because if Cena's more part time than Brock now, then he don't need to be going over anybody. Well, it's really sad that like the only thing that'll pop a rating for them is Cena. Yeah, it's like you said, they're not building anybody new. Well, and like even the stuff like where they were kind of getting Roman right for a while, they've really squandered the goodwill towards him because they've done nothing with him for a year. (laughs) No, no, they did something with him. It was just crap. It was just a never ending feud with Shane McMahon and Baron Corbin. Yes. Neither of which of those needed to happen. It was, oh god, that was so bad. Yeah, it was, it was the worst. And then they have the there's the Becky Lynch versus um, Shayna Baszler one, and I think that's just gonna bomb because no one cares about her. See, I can at least appreciate that they're trying to build up someone new. Yeah, and but if, she, the pro, the problem they have with her though is she. I don't think she's. I don't think she's the kind of worker slash talent that their audience is gonna latch onto, and it feels a lot like they want her to be Ronda Rousey, and since they can't have her, they're pushing her. Like she just, she doesn't have star power, so I don't think it's working with what they're doing. I I thought they were gonna be making Fembrock without. Uh... You know, without all the Brock cred behind it, but I think that's what they're trying to do. But I don't think it's working. I, I did watch that of uh, the uh, the Elimination Chamber match from Elimination Chamber, which is it, that show is so weird. Like it shouldn't exist between Rumble and Mania, and yet it does. And it's like people go out there and work really hard on that show for some reason, like. There's a lot of cases of people just go out there and I mean bust their hull, and it, maybe they're just maybe they're trying to secure the mania spot. I don't know, but you know it, it's uh, I'm I'm like what? But it, that elimination chamber match was was such a foregone conclusion because everybody you have out there 
Let me see if I can remember who all was in that match. Because you had... Morgan, um, Ruby Riot, Oscar. Uh, oh, that, that... Sarah Logan. Yeah, it, basically it was Baszler and Asuka and then four other women that no one took seriously as actually having a chance. Oh, yes, exactly. And they were like, well, everybody knows that Baszler's going to win, so let's just put her over real strong. And it's like, how about instead of like burning the talent that you have that's going to be in this match, you just make it a singles match for number one contender, and everyone's going to be like way more entertained by that. Instead of like, because um, like it got down to Baszler when Baszler came out of her pod, like she murdered everybody else, and it didn't make her look pretty monstrous. I'll give him credit. Except there. the crowd didn't care. The, the crowd, crowd was, was dead like... all night. The crowd was just was just dead. You know, I, I came in, I don't know, two three matches from the end, and they were just. They they weren't into nothing. It's one of those things like, why did you guys even come to the show if you were... But <laughs> They beat uh, it out of you when you go to those shows, though. Well, they they got to the end, and, you know, uh, Baszler goes nuts and, like, unloads on everybody. And then it's like, okay, here's... It's, it's Baszler's in the ring, and Asuka and Liv Morgan are the ones that are still in the pods. And I'm sitting there going, okay, look, you can't seriously, like, you cannot seriously expect to throw Liv Morgan at Baszler, as you've been showing Baszler here, and have anyone remotely go, hey, you know, Liv might have something here. You, 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 you cannot be serious. And yet, what did they do? That exact thing, Baszler murdered her, like, in one of the more painful spots I've seen in a long time. Like, picked her from, a like, a big swing position and, like, wings her into the side of the pod and not the flat side, like, into one of the posts, which was, you know, really painful to watch. And then she spends the entire rest of the time... John back and forth with Asuka. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't fudge their timers on this. Well, just just if I were doing it, you have Asuka's open first. You have the two of them just go absolutely bug nuts on each other. And then while you're doing that, when Liv's pod opens, have her come in and be going for the cheap shots to try and, you know, get some openings and... and you know, accomplish something, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we could put a little drama back in this, but they... Well, see, what I would have done is I would have I would have had Baszler the first one out, and then I would have had Ruby Riot the second one out, and then have Riot just barely survive the first onslaught for the first two minutes, and then have Liv Morgan come out, and basically have the Riot squad the first three out. Well, but they've dissolved the riot squad. No, but see, but see, this is why this is why a company that's comp- that's competent and um, could tell a story and trust their fans could pull that off because then you could have the you could say, hey, they got broken up, but hey, they're gonna work together to get like the the three of them look at each other and be like, if we're gonna get through this, we gotta 
we got to work together against her. Yeah. Okay, that's They never fair. had, like, a real breakup either. I guess that's true. It was just kind of Ruby Riot saying, no, I'm done with that. And then you could have, like, a mess up. She taps one. And then, you know, go from there. Right. And it would have been more interesting instead of just having, like, a match with a huge dead chunk in the second half of it. Oh, yeah. Well, multiple big dead chunks. Yeah, because they didn't... I also, like I said, I don't understand why they didn't fudge the timers like they do for the Rumble. I don't know, man. Yeah, they needed to. Yeah, the, the, the silence. Like, the... The long wait periods basically like killed the crowd, <laughs> and, and and I don't know why, especially with this product as it is now. Like you don't want to give these people a reason to sit on their hands. No, you got to oh, keep them God. going. Yeah, you got the momentum. You got to keep the ball rolling. But we sure didn't get that. Lord, I'm kind mercy. of you shed though. I don't know why people pay to go to this stuff anymore because I can't think of when was the last like super great like show they had. Well, I don't know about a super great show. I know that they have moments where people get really invested, right? Like, um, I know it hasn't been your cup of tea, but the um, Seth Rollins angle of him, like, you know, trying to to boss everyone around for, like, no, I'm the... You all need to listen to me. I'm the locker room leader. All that sort of stuff. Like that's been that's been kind of engaging for me. And like the the fact that he's out. It's him and Murphy and the AOP, and then he's getting pushed. Like it's a weird case where this heel with this dominant backups getting pushed back from more than just one or two baby faces. There's actually a bunch of baby faces pushing back on him. They all want a piece of it. They just don't happen to be coordinated, except for like Joe and Owens. And that's been in, like that's that's interesting enough for me, but then I don't know. There's just not a whole lot else that is, given that. I guess, I guess my problem with them has become I'm too guarded with them. Like I don't trust them to not screw something up that I enjoy, so I don't uh, find myself fair. letting myself enjoy anything. Because anytime I've come back because they're doing something I like, they always it's always like they almost always go out of their way to screw it up. Well, yeah, we got to go back and, like, we've got to go back to, like, I guess the Kofi storyline. You know the last time, you know what, you know know where they burned me really bad and I don't think I've ever trusted them since is the Nexus angle. Mm. Oh. That's how long long I haven't trusted them to not burn me. And I think that one was pretty squarely Cena's fault. So the story goes from both Edge and Jericho. Yeah, I think so. And and but, yeah, if, if I remember it right. See, and like not. even like the Sting thing, which which still pisses me off to this day. Like mm. I knew I knew from the start that Triple H is going to beat him because Triple H can't be trusted to book his own angles because he always does stuff like that. Even if Triple H wasn't booking it, Vince wasn't going to let Sting go over. But so, like, I I knew, like, I I I bet there's a lot of people that got burned on that, but I never trusted them to get that right, so I wasn't that disappointed. I the the thing that I run into is that I I want better. 
You know, I, I look at it and I'm like, this could be so much better. I see so much potential. I want this to be more. And I, 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 I get disappointed and it, you know, I get grouchy about it. So like, what do you, do you guys have like a, like one of those ones where they burned you really bad and it, do you like, do you think affected your ability to enjoy future angles with them? Yep. The Becky stuff. That uh, that's not mine. That Matt, that would probably be a pretty close for you. That's it? a recent one for me. Yeah. Um, when you say recent one, that that sounds like there's one further back that you'd reference. I'd have to think. There's, I'm sure, many examples that I could. Summer. I'm gonna let me let me guess. Summer of Punk would be one for you. That would be a big one. They really had something that could have been really exciting, and they they literally blew it in like a month by having because him. Because Triple H couldn't keep his fucking nose out of it. Yeah, by they blew it all in a month by having him come back, and then it's instead of him actually be like getting over when he could have been like the hottest guy in the company, and maybe they could have built him into like a bigger star that people actually want to that next level star that people want to see. It's like no, actually, let's have him. Uh, Let's book him into a feud with Triple H and get, like, make sure Triple H gets all the heat. Even though at that point, Triple H was already like transitioning to being like at best a part-time yeah. worker. The, um, I think the one that... Uh, the most recent one for me that I can point in, you know, we already referenced, was uh, Wyatt Orton. Oh, yeah, that was a stupid one. Orton didn't need that. Wyatt just got just got over so big like people were so big into it and then they not only did they job him to Orton they jobbed him to Orton in two consecutively awful gimmicks and it was you, you, you took someone who had had worked so hard for you and done such good stuff and he finally gets over in a big way and people are behind it and then they're like uh uh, you know what? Let's just let's feed that to Orton. I'm sure he needs it. If you want to go another recent example, how much excitement was there for Kofi's Mania victory in oh, yeah. the title? And then it was just months of them doing absolutely nothing with him until Brock beats him. And there's no payoff. There's no like Kofi. They put a they put Kofi in a in a program with Brock. And you know it elevates him, but he just comes up short. No, it's just that's done. Hope you guys enjoyed your title reign. I, who did he even feud with? <laughs> Kevin Owens and Randy Orton? Was there someone else? I don't think so. I can't recall. I know Orton was in there, um, and people were just excited uh, for that because he went over Orton. I was just happy to see Orton lose. Um, I can't remember who else he feuded with, though. I think it was just Kevin Owens and Orton. That is a good example, though, because they had they had something there. I think it would have petered out over time, but they really did nothing to ever make that reign interesting. Yeah, and, you know, he's never reacted to losing the title or gotten a rematch. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Should just, oh, god. 
I guess I guess Daniel Bryan winning the title is the only time they haven't disappointed me. I mean, that did disappoint me, but like it was out of their hands that he got hurt. Well, I, I wouldn't put that on them. The fact no. that he got hurt. That's I No, you can't you can't put that. I'm saying it was disappointing, but like they can't really control that he had he had the brain injuries. See, the stuff where they have been doing well like the stuff I, I've really been uh, excited for was stuff where like either fan or talent input had a lot had a lot to do with it. So um, the the new Daniel Bryan thing, right? Like he was in just intensely effective heel, and that led into the Kofi thing, and that was that was a big moment. Um, there's another one that I'm trying I'm. I had another one, and I'm trying not to let it get away from me, but I can't put my finger on it. Um, is it recent? Yeah, sort of. Oh, I don't remember. I don't. Need, I'm. I, I was trying to put my finger on it, and I don't have it. Oh, I know. I know. Actually, the one that was the final burnout for me that I've never recovered from. I know. Next is the one where I never trusted them again. But Braun Strowman's push is where, like, I was just done. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's. A sad and enduring example. Yeah. It bothers me that they they do that. And then they're like, oh, you know, he wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't stepping up backstage. He wasn't doing his part. And it's like, okay, listen, don't, don't trot that out here. That's your excuse. That is not, that's not good enough because the number of people you've let get away with stuff. Randy Orton. Yeah. God, that name keeps popping up and pissing me off. I wonder why. Uh, like, didn't they? Didn't they one time change the drug policy to like spare yep. him like some super long suspension? Yep, they changed their policy so they wouldn't have to punish him so harshly. Um, so you know, with God, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> God, he seems like he's chilled out a little chilled out or not i don't and also i i will say this like i don't like him as a person but he was he was one of the smartest with the aew situation and uh, that's more guys should have done that and i know some people were upset with him but he he was really smart to leverage aew to get like a better deal from wwe like that was more guys should do that yeah that's that's true I got to give credit on that, but I don't know. This we're in this place where the mania build should be more intriguing than it is. Like they're going to be doing some new stuff and trying to build up some new guys. Awesome, but yeah. um, like they're finally the guy. They're the the guy Vince is wanting to push is finally getting enough. Uh, you know, they're actually he's actually getting momentum. Like, you know, Drew kind of had mo- some some face momentum going into the Rumble, and now he's getting more momentum, and they're making him look as a, uh, you know, a genuine threat to Brock. And so, you know, it's like, hey, this is actually kind of working, but... I don't, I don't know if they're going to do with him after he wins the belt, is kind of what I've been wondering. Supposedly, from what I've read, they're already making the plans for post-mania for him. Like, they're trying to plan it out ahead of time. 
The problem is one of those is going to be Rollins. Oh, God. I know, right? That'll kill it dead. Well, unless unless Rollins goes at him and, and Drew just beats the piss out of him. Because it's Rollins yeah, I think, writing I think checks some he of can't that cash. Rollins stuff has been like a, a ratings loser, though. Some weeks, but I I don't. I, that's not who I would use. I would like. I don't know who I would use, but if if I, there was one report I read where supposedly they were gonna have him feud with Rollins, but then that was going to be the way to take Rollins off TV for a little bit, like to give him give him a break. So I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, it, I don't know. Maybe it'll work out. But I, I, I I've just been you know, shot in the foot or, you know, I've just been disappointed in them too much for me to, to want to give them the benefit of that doubt. So cool. we, we have a couple minutes before we're going to sign off tonight. Can I bring up a, a non wrestling topic to end our show? Mm-hmm. Just to, to talk about for a minute. So I don't know. I was on vacation last week and I saw a couple of ads for this and it's, it's just humiliatingly bad looking, but have you guys seen the bloodshot trailers? Uh, I haven't seen trailers, but I've seen, um, I've seen, I guess, commercial spots for it. I, I have not. I read the comic back in the day, but I have not. Uh, I've not seen the trailers. So it's it's Vin Diesel as Bloodshot, and it just looks it looks terrible. <sighs> it looks super low budget too. And they it they're actually adapting a different property. You know, like they're they're going for a property that's different. It's not a sequel. It's not a you know all this kind. Of, you know, it's 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 not it's not like an MCU spinoff or anything. But then they're gonna. Well, I mean, they they so this this company I don't remember what the name of it is bought the New Valiant uh, two or three years ago to um to convert most of their properties into movie and entertainment stuff so okay. I don't remember if this was in production before they bought it but um, this doesn't look like it's going to be a, fir- a good first attempt you know, I, I, I can't say that I've been to to see a movie in the theaters for a while but w- did was this like a, a trailer that had been floating around like I've heard nothing about this until I saw like a, a TV spot, and the film's supposed to come out, I think, like in a week. I or don't this week. think so. I think it got revealed because I know that there was a lot of negativity. I just knew it was in production because I hang out on some Valiant forums because I read some of the new comics. But I had no hope when they, when, like, the second they said Vin Diesel was in, it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. <sighs> Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't dislike I don't, him, but I don't. You don't. You don't. You don't cast Vin Diesel if you're trying to. Um, in this day and age, if you're trying to put like a great movie out, I think you use him if you're trying to make a successful movie. But great, this must be bad. I don't Are feel you like watching it right now. No, I no, I'm not. But I just I don't feel like they, I feel like there's been no heat for this. Yeah, and it's it's gonna isn't it gonna run into like Black Widow pretty quick? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. probably. Well, because I know because 
because Black Widow is something I think is a movie people have wanted for since probably Avengers, and you know they're finally getting it. Yeah. Oh God, have you heard the people complaining about the stills from it? They're like, no, look, the Taskmaster, he just does all these poses that that the Avengers did, and it's like, dude, do you 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 don't know who Taskmaster is, do you? Like, you don't know what his deal is, do you? Like, Obviously he just not. he just rips off everybody else. I'm like, you don't know who Taskmaster is, do you? <laughs> Golly, uh, oh, that stuff that that just bothers me so much. But I don't like, I don't like the mask they gave Taskmaster. Yeah, it it it's too it it seems like black on black, doesn't it? Well, it's not it's not really like a skull mask and yeah. uh i don't know this is like a, a rumor or urban legend this is just something that people have said but i actually totally believe it uh, because i think that's just what disney does now is that allegedly like the reason why it's not a skull is because of course they don't they don't even care anymore per se about american markets i mean they do but oh. it's all about it's all about the foreign dollars and in china i guess allegedly culturally I don't know this. I'm not trying to be like culturally insensitive. I have just heard that uh, skulls, skeletons, things like that are like uh, somewhat taboo in China, they allegedly. Yeah. yeah. So it's... that's why. Like they don't want to offend the Chinese. There's, uh, um, consumer. yeah. Because in, uh, in League of Legends, there was a champion named Karthus who was a lich. And his whole thing was that you know he he, he was, was a lich and he had um, sidebar. Is yeah, that how you pronounce that word? Lich. Yeah. 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 I've always thought it was like leash. <laughs> I thought it had like some sort. We're of going language. back to the the niche niche thing again. Yeah, I thought it was like some sort of like French pronunciation. No. I always said lich. It's a lich, and uh, but he was a uh, you know skull face and that sort of stuff, and they changed it after Riot Games got bought out by Tencent based in China. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's, it's offensive to the ancestors if you have stuff like that. So they, he went from being a lich to now he searches for the secrets of undeath and he's the death singer. And it's like, so he's a not yet lich is what you're telling me. But that's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's totally a thing and it's happened before. Brad, the company that uh, bought Valiant is DMG Entertainment. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's pretty much they, their purchase of Valiant's pretty much reduced the quality of the comics because a lot of the better creators have left for greener pastures, and they're like editor in chief left who had a, like a real love and passion for it <laughs> and a real vision for it. So it's kind of it's kind of languished under them, which I kind of thought was going to happen. Well, in other hero movie news, um, apparently Warner is really excited for Black Adam. Like they are, they are really fired up to see um, The Rock as Black Adam and what they can do, and tying it into Shazam and all that kind of stuff. So, we might end up seeing the a Black Adam redemption arc at some point, which would be pretty cool. I, I struggle with the Warner movies. They always manage to, like, 
with a couple of exceptions, they tend to get it wrong. Other than most of Wonder Woman and um, Captain Marvel was decent. Well, you mean Shazam because Captain Marvel was not a DC movie. Sorry, I, he's still Captain Marvel. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. I, I mentioned this to you, Chad. Like, I thought the movie was okay. Uh, I wasn't Watch like yourself. I wasn't gonna... wowed by it. It, it. It's also it's like <laughs> two and a half hours long, and I was like, why? It needed to be ninety minutes. Yeah. Or I like know. there was a lot. There was a lot. I don't. I don't know. There was a little bit I could think of they could cut, but. Um, I'm of the opinion there was a lot of important character building that was in there. Yeah, but it needed to be. I think it needed to be a snappier kind of comedic movie. I, it, it, but I think I think that's a problem. I see that in almost every movie I see now. Is every movie is twenty to forty five minutes too long now? This was this was a film where they're having to build and introduce like a whole new aspect of this universe that hasn't been seen before. And yes, I am a mark for the character, so I'm not going to have a problem with it and I'm going to I'm going to defend it, but it I don't Could they have trimmed a little bit? Yeah. But I thought it was fine. Uh, but I mean I, I think that's probably one of the better ones they've done. Like Wonder Woman I thought had a bad ending to it, but was a pretty good movie. Um I didn't get why people liked Aquaman so much, personally. I haven't I, watched it yet. I kind of liked Aquaman, but it's it's just like a ridiculous movie. Like I, I think I told you guys. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but like my wife and I went to go see it, and it's just like a dumb action movie. But that's also probably like too long. I think that's like over two hours. But after we watched it. <laughs> My wife was like, I don't understand half of what I saw. And it's not that she, it's not just because like, she's not really like, she actually likes comic book movies, but it's not like she's, she reads comic books. She like, just likes the films. It's not that just because she's not, not knowledgeable about the source material. It's like, they did, they did have glaring potholes. It's like, you see, you see him as like a teenager growing up. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, he's like an adult and he's like conversing with uh, the Willem Dafoe character. I forget the guy's I forget his character's name. And it's like, okay, well, how did these two link up and how how does Aquaman all of a sudden know how to kick like everyone's ass? Like what what sort of you get you get like one scene in there where he's like being trained and it's like you make a lot of leaps from point A to point B and you're not really showing me what's going on. So there's a lot of that sort of thing. It's just. Let me ask a question. I, I understand what you're saying is is big kind of fun action movie, but was it was it fun? Uh, it would have been a lesser Marvel movie, honestly, like a way lesser Marvel movie. Yes, that's fair. I think it it's it, kind of like Thor Ragnarok if Thor Ragnarok wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, mean, I don't like, think take it, it, I don't think it's bad, but it's one of those movies that no, but like Thor Thor Ragnarok is an excellent like buddy shenanigans action movie. Yeah, like take all the charm out of that movie and make it mediocre, and that's kind of Aquaman. The problem Aquaman. with Thor Ragnarok is that you have all of this character building already established. Like you don't have to you don't have to also set up the universe as well. So uh, they they're they're working against that. 
I will say Aquaman, uh, Shazam had a much um, more cohesive story. Okay. But I was less bored by Aquaman than I was with Shazam. I, you and uh, Matt, whenever you drive <laughs> over here with a copy of the Goonies, we're going to fight. So what, what did you guys I, think about the unveiling of the Robert Pattinson Batman? I was very uh, whelmed. I just the the helmet is what it was straight. It, it looked like a human mis. The pictures I saw looked like a human mosquito helmet, and that bothers me. I right? I I guess I will give him the benefit of the doubt and waiting for the trailer. But I he can't be worse than Ben Affleck. That's all I can. That's the best thing I can say about him. See, I than- I wound up liking Ben Affleck at least as Bruce Wayne. Hey. But he wasn't. But you know who was a better. You know who was a better Bruce Wayne than than Ben Affleck though was Val Kilmer. I'd have to. It's been so many years since I saw Batman Forever. Like I'd have to go back and watch it. Of everything, like to have people that are good at both of them, like at being both sides, it feels like to me that it's it's either going to be. Michael Keaton, or it's going to be Christian Bale. And even they are, like, Keaton was a better Wayne than he was a Batman, and Bale was a better Batman than he was a Wayne, so finding someone that's pulling off both sides of it well is, like, just Kevin Conroy. That's all I've got. Yeah. Michael Keaton's Keaton's is kind of hard, because you kind of have to, you have to kind of cut through some of that Tim Burton crap in there. Like him hanging upside down in the middle of the night, like dumb crap like that that's in that movie. Well, and that's really more of a Joker movie because all the memorable stuff from that movie, like this town needs an enema and, you know, have you ever danced the devil in the pale moonlight is all like Jack Nicholson stuff. So it's it's really good. Um, it ju- It's just like a wrestling match. Having a really good villain is going to make your hero better. So like I, I'm of the opinion that they're like those two are the best two. Um. I, I want to say, I think Adam West is an underrated Batman. It, I think it's because Adam West's Batman is is a diff, is a whole different um, animal. animal. Yeah, it's it's meant to be a it's meant to be, you know, kind of goofy and fun instead of being serious. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and while the Joel Schumacher movies were, I guess, kind of trying to go that way, they were just so dumb about it. So I've. I've never, I, I will never watch Batman or Robin ever again. What a, what an awful movie. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Bat, you know what, you know what the worst part about Batman and Robin is in which he should have been smacked for or whoever designed it was the bat nipples. No, I don't under, yeah, I, I don't understand that. Cause it's just like the whole movie you're watching it. You're like, why do they have giant ass nipples on their, sh- on their costume? Who would right. do that? It's just. It's, I don't know. I got nothing for you on that. Yeah, it, I, I just don't know. I don't know what Warner Brothers can do to, like, fix their problem with the, the DC movies. It, it's, I don't know. It's, it, well, they're, they're trying, they keep trying to make them too serious they need to lighten up a little bit like they're they've but been the problem is, so much nolan verse style stuff 
Uh, yeah, but then you end up with like birds of prey when they try to be funny, like trying to be like a second rate Deadpool. And then they fail on that because they don't know how to do humor either. Well, that, that's because they weren't trying. They It's not that they were trying to be funny. It's that they were trying to emulate a specific other product. And that's just that's yeah, not that, going to work. They, DC has been obsessed with making like Harley Quinn a Deadpool for like it's a decade well, now. And it's I don't know how cool. they want to make her a Deadpool. They could just have her be her own character, but well, you know, you know where she's best, and where where I don't get what they did with that is when everyone roots for her and loves Harley Quinn. Is when she finally has enough of the Joker and starts hanging out with Poison Ivy, and they go on a crime spree and just like do like the the Bonnie and Clyde like thing. She works best in a partner setting. She need that character seems to just flourish in having someone to play off of. And, yeah, and and Poison Ivy is a great straight man for her. But um, it's okay. I'm gonna go back to it again. Like Shazam had actual like funny humor in it. The whole thing wasn't built on it, but you know it had some some you know funny humor in it because they weren't trying to emulate anything else. They were trying to do their own thing. Um, incidentally, they're going to bring back Henry Cavill as Superman in the second one. Like they're, they're, he was a good, he was a good, uh, Geralt, by the way, uh, that turned out that, that Witcher show actually Henry Cavill is Geralt in the Witcher TV show. I have not, um, I haven't seen that yet. It's it's um it actually turned out better than I thought it would be. And Henry Cavill is also Shad. You'll be interested in this. He is like an avid um, Wheel of Time fan. No, uh, Total War Warhammer player. It, that too, but he's also a huge Wheel of Time fan. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say with Harley Quinn, one of my favorite um, scenes from Batman the Animated Series is when her and Poison Ivy are in the car. <laughs> And those, she tells those guys they're going to get a spanking and she pulls out a bazooka and like blows their car up. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. They go, what are you going to do, spank us? And she goes, yeah, here's the paddle and pulls the bazooka. My other favorite one is um, when Batman has her and Catwoman's tied up and she's like, look, you can either save your girlfriend or kick me around, but you can only do one. And Batman reaches over and turns the power off. Yeah. And she's like, oh, good move. Like, help. <laughs> yes. That was written for the, that character was written specifically for Arlene Sorkin to do it, and she did. You know, it just works so well. Um, what was the other the the episode where Harley was trying to go straight, and she misread some stuff, and then everybody freaked out on her, so she was just like, you know, hell with it. That was a really good episode too. So it's. She, I feel like she she needs someone to play off of for that character to work. Like she's she's twisted, but not so far she's out of touch with reality like Joker is. And she needs she needs um she needs the babies around too. Oh, the hyenas. Yes, I don't remember their names. I know you know them, but Bud and Lou. They're named after Abbott and Costello. Okay, that's right. So. So, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we um, we signed off for the night? 
I think we've covered just about everything major <laughs> happening. Is, is there, since we're on the superhero movie thing, is there a superhero movie either of you guys are looking forward to this year? This year? Uh, I don't think so. Although I looked up, um, I actually looked up like a film schedule. I guess Venom 2 is coming out this year. I haven't even seen the first one, but allegedly this one is directed by Andy Serkis, which is interesting to me. Yeah. The first one was kind of a mess. Yeah, it kind of seemed... Actually, there is one that kind of interests me. Like, I don't know how it's going to be, but I felt that the trailer for Morbius was way more decent than I thought it would be. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I need to check that out because I, I actually am a Morbius fan. It looks it looks more like a Marvel film because I guess it's a Marvel Comics character, obviously. But you know, they're I guess they're trying to do like a little I, Sony uh, Marvel superhero type universe. Okay. With obviously like Spider Man, Venom, um, now Morbius. Uh, if you watch the trailer, there is there's a scene at the end where you see um, Michael Keaton as Tombs. He, like, I guess has a, a cameo in this, and he uh, has a brief conversation with Jared Leto as Morbius. So they're, I, they probably, I mean, not, let's be honest, like they, I'm sure like the, the goal down the road would probably be to do like a Sinister Six movie. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if they have the rights to um, the werewolf by night werewolf, because that uh, was an interesting comic. Is Wesley Snipes out of jail? We could get another Blade movie in there. I'd be down for that. <laughs> they, I mean, they are doing... You know they're doing another Blade. I'd heard about they it. They are? Oh, you didn't hear that? No. Are they they're, really doing one? They're doing it, but it's not Wesley Snipes. Um, they're based... I think they're just rebooting it. Um, but it's going to be Mahershala Ali. I'm not okay. down unless it's Wesley Snipes. He can still do it. Yeah, it's... Well, I, like, I liked Blade 1, I liked Blade 2, Blade Trinity sucked. Because there wasn't, there wasn't enough Blade in it. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, was yeah that, bad. Blade 1 and 2 are good, though. Yeah. There, there was an argument up until about the second X-Men movie that they were the best superhero movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's, let's be true. Or let's be fair. There's, there's a fair amount of dumb in them. But it, first of all, kind of fits, and second of all, it's fun. And he was a Wesley Snipes is like the perfect actor to play Blade. I think. Oh, his stoic was so good. Uh, he he was so. You know, his stoicism was so good for that, and his fight choreography was so good. There's a lot of like. Uh... He had a really big, <laughs> amazing badass one-liner in that film that I actually still use to this day. Like, it, uh, randomly, I'll like bust it out. Which one? Some motherfucker's always trying to ask you to. And it's such a good quote. And it's so funny when he does it. Oh, I laugh every time I hear that one because it's it's like to, in my head at least it almost makes sense. There, there was. It's, it's, it's not 
just because it's vampires, it reminded me of this. Did you ever see Dracula 3000? No. It's a terrible movie, but the best line in that is he was... The vampire hunter was fighting this vampire, and he holds a cross out, and the vampire... Like, grabs his, like, sorry, mate, I'm an atheist. And the, the vampire hunter was like, well, God still loves you, and then cuts his head off. <laughs> I I laughed really hard at that one. I uh, haven't gotten to see it, but there's a, there's a series called What We... Or a movie called What We Do in the Dark mm. about vampires and werewolves, and there's a line in it where someone says, like, what, don't you guys prefer to eat virgins? And we're like, well, yeah, when we can. They're like, what's the deal with that? He goes, listen, man. If you were going to eat a sandwich, wouldn't you prefer to have a sandwich no one would had had sex with? <laughs> oh god! That's um, that, it's what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. You're right. I'm sorry. And the, the guy who um, at least it was a movie, and it's actually I think been turned into a TV show. Yeah. Uh, you're right. And actually, the guy who's behind that, it's there's two guys. It's uh, Jermaine Clement who. What did he, there was a show he did like on HBO uh, uh, like a long time ago. I'll have to think about it in a second. But the other one is uh, Taika Waititi. He's blown up now. He's the, he's the one who did Thor Ragnarok. He's doing oh okay. Thor. Um, oh. just just won an Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Jermaine Clement. I'm on IMDb. Flight of the Concords. Okay. Which, if you've never seen that, it's kind of like a he and a, another actor were kind of like this aspiring music, a folk rock duo, mm-hmm. um, and they're not very good, but they're it, it's an it's an okay show. It was kind of like Fly of the Concords is like a, a, a refined version of that like little tiny series Tenacious D did. Okay, yeah, for HBO. I didn't watch that, so uh, I guess I had. We're like running long, but I guess I have two more things. If you like, um, if you like vampire stuff, Netflix has a Drac- a three episode Dracula miniseries. I've been meaning to watch that. They have Castlevania too, which is quite good. Uh, I don't like the Castlevania show. No, the anime. Uh. No, I find it boring. Actually, or at least the second season was horribly boring, in my opinion. <laughs> Do they spend three episodes powering up and then recapping the episodes where they were powering up? No. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> But the, the Dracula show on Netflix is good, uh, although it, the last episode, takes this huge twist that is absolutely just bizarre. And the ending is like, okay, uh, I I don't know why they did that, and I don't know what I watched. But the the main actor, Clace Bang, he's like a Danish actor, but he is really, actually really good in it. Um, to the point where I actually want to see more stuff from him. Like if he he's like older, I think he's like in his fifties, but he's so charismatic in that show that if he was like fifteen years younger, I'd be like he should be the next Bond. Like I thought he was, mm. he was he was like a really interesting. He has a really good like British accent for being non-British. Okay. Um, and then the second thing, if I could slip in real quick, since we're talking about superhero movies, did have either of you seen the? The Hellboy movie that came out last year. No, no it was I, on my list. I heard bad I things. Have a... I watched it uh, not that long ago, like in the last month, on like HBO or something like that. It's just not good. It's a big mess. There's... It's a horrible mess of a movie. The only thing I can say about it, it is it is ponderously graphically violent. Um, but that's the only one about that, it. that is a very this... descriptive sentence. 
<laughs> the only the only one they got right was the second movie. I mean, I kind of enjoyed parts of the first movie. Whichever one, the, I think the second one they gave to like the Pan's Labyrinth director, and that one was like I would call that one good. But the first one was okay. But I didn't have high hopes for for um, the third one. Was the second one the Golden Army or something? I believe so. Well, Guillermo del Toro did both movies. Hellboy 1 and Hellboy 2. I thought they maybe brought someone in to help with the second one. Uh, no, I don't think so. But uh, he, no, they certainly they certainly let him be very more like Guillermo del Toro. Because like, that, that had yeah. a lot of elements that were very like Pan's Labyrinth-like. Maybe that's why I'm thinking the Pan's Labyrinth guy did that one. Because it was much more... They, they embraced a lot of things with the second one that I thought made it better. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the, the the Hellboy comics, but he doesn't seem to trans. He's hard to like put into other mediums for some reason. There was the um, animated Hellboy movie, Hellboy and the Sword of Storms. I think. Yeah, that I remember seemed that to translate pretty well. I think they took that straight from a comic, though. Yeah, it, it was in the Mike Mignola art style and everything, so probably. But um, underrated Superman artist is Mike Magnola. I'd have to go look at, at some of his Superman work. Yeah, he did some early stuff in the the post crisis. Okay, I, I'll have to go dig it up. Yeah. Well, I'd say I'd say that's about it for this week. <laughs> I think it is. So. We want to say thank you all for joining us. Um, please hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, this is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we'll see you next time. Also, all future toilet paper donations can be sent to us because <laughs> my throne needs to be bigger. We accept toilet paper through Venmo and PayPal. <laughs> Only, only, only the fancy quilted kind. Only the best for my throne. Or the purple one from Aldi. That works too. All right. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time.